This is The Topic is Trek, episode 147, for Tuesday, October 17th, 2023. Coming up in this episode, Prodigy comes in for a landing. We recap New York Comic Con. There are romance bargains to be had. All that and more, right now on The Topic is Trek. Badgies? We don't need no stinking badgies. Welcome to The Topic is Trek, the podcast that runs on impulse power. Join us for a journey where no show has gone before. If it has to do with Star Trek, there's a good chance we'll talk about it. Sooner or later, because on this show, The Topic is Trek. Engage already. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of The Topic is Trek, because we're not recording on a Thursday, scheduling this and that and the other things. I was working at a haunted house over the weekend. and Take that, Paramount! Bunch of, bunch of crazy... Yeah, we're, we're, we're up in the game here by doing a different day. So there, yeah. Uh, but we're all set to go. We're going to be talking about... Not one, not two, but three new episodes of Star Trek, as well as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be talking about some uh, a recap of New York Comic Con and a couple of other fun things. And so, first of all, in order to be a co-host, I have to welcome in my other hosts. So first, beaming in to join us from parts unknown with the hip new catchphrase that even Choo 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 wants to sing about. It's Mr. Craig Step. How you doing? Oh, it's, it's, then, yeah. <laughs> oh, the crickets have arrived. I guess. I guess not. So it needs a little bit of a rework. Yeah. All Apologies right. to the Friends cast. And and hopefully... that was supposed to be Friends. I thought it was Joe Pesci. <laughs> Well, be, what's his name? Uh, it wasn't Joe Pesci. It was Joey. There we go. Yeah, Joey from Friends. Yeah, that's right. Joe, oh Joey, my. whatever the difference. Oh now, my! Now we have to be ca- very careful because apparently beaming in also to join us is Mr. Chuck Tomasi, but he's in the same transporter pad as crickets. Ah, so who knows? We get them all mixed up. Oh great! Uh, now we got another episode with two things stuck together. And I like. I like baseball. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, well, uh, before we um, start the regular show, I thought because I scour the internet for all these news stories and I run across all sorts of weird things, I wanted to mention, and we'll have a link to it in the show notes, that I found the other day a complete history of the scant from Star Trek. The oh, complete sorry, history. Yep. Someone so did their history. doctoral thesis on this, I suspect. It's a, it's a documentary on Netflix. Yeah, exactly. Four parts. Part. Four yeah. parts, hour long each. <laughs> Narrating it by Ken Burns, too. It's like... Ken Burns doesn't narrate. Peter Coyote no, does the narration. He's, oh. he's scraping the bottom of the barrel. At me. <laughs> <laughs> I've done everything else. My ham sandwich is next, so please. Ken, Ken Burns documentary. Scant. 
<laughs> so again, we'll have a link to that. Just it's a fun little thing. It's uh, more than you ever want to know about that piece of clothing. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to be doing a couple of reviews, and we're going to take a break from that. We'll do our subspace chatter, and then we'll do one more review. So we have a lot to get through. Let's start right off with our main mission, part one. And what have we got uh, there, Chuck? We have our part five, episode five of Very Short Treks. This one's called Walk, Don't Run. Premiered on October 4th, 2023. And the writing and directing credits for Very Short Treks have been, well, inconsistent. So we'll skip them for now. Could not find out who wrote it. That's a nice way to put it. Yeah. (laughs) Here's the short synopsis. Ensign, yes. Prior to the promotion, one pip Devon attendee attempts to honor the 50th anniversary of Star Trek, the animated series on the bridge of the animated series, Starship Enterprise. But a poor choice of words, which we've seen backfire before, uh, sets off a battle between animation eras. Can music save the day? So... I don't know about you guys, but I was worried when this first started. Exactly. It was falling into the same pattern that you mentioned last time. I was like, they yeah. hit a note and they keep hitting that note. They, but then hit a note. Yes. Yeah. But also, <laughs> but also was the it was the same thing as the very first one where it was a misunderstanding of a phrase. Right. Right. Like down to that exact same thing. Oh no, don't, don't. I don't, was thinking know. the same thing, like, oh right. Clinton, you shouldn't have said anything. But they did recover. Yeah. They didn't mm-hmm. recover. I, it was nice yeah. to see. I was thinking the same thing as well. I was like, oh, great. We're going to fall in that, that trope or rut or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And they pulled it out. I mean, they, they even, one of the things differently that they did is actually some animation in there, <laughs> which I know a celebration of animation, mm-hmm. but when they're having the argument and they talk about the, you know, well, you had an orgy in your you know, holodeck <laughs> and they, and they take off their, Somehow, Emress is able to get off. Well, I, I guess it's a skill some people have some, mm-hmm. uh, that she could take off her bra without taking off her uniform. And right. I've seen women do that like a magic trick. So that's yeah, that's so, well, what they, my, my girls used to call that the magic way. And she's, <laughs> she's right there and gets that done. Uh, we, you know, Eric's and uh, Scotty are uh, uh, letting their freak fly there as well. And, and Tendi's, <laughs> Tendi's very, very uncomfortable with this whole situation. Uh-huh. And uh, rightly yeah. so, I would think. I got your torpedo for you right here, Lassie. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. He said, whoa, whoa, whoa. actually, he said, I got your orgy party for you right here <laughs> as he unbuckles his pants. Yeah. But I thought, you know, a photon torpedo might, might be more appropriate. And then we get, we get a, uh, well, not a surprise appearance because we don't know who's going to be showing up here in the first place, but yeah. we get Riker and Sulu showing up. I guess by by default, it was also a surprise, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, Sulu I, was in the other episode, but he only had like one line. Right. Ooh. And Riker is, yeah. this is the, this is the third one. I think that, so. Uh, Riker's in. Yeah. He was in the very first one. He was in the he holodeck was in one. The too many holodecks. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's a veteran as well. I, he, he beat yeah. out Ethan Peck. Yeah. By having three. Right. Check out these apps. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, and Tindy, Tendi was in two of them as well. She was in last week's as well as this week's. Yep. Yeah. So some people got, and, and Emrys. She was in the first one with Kirk when he was, right. you know, bigger yeah, right. fish to fry or skin a cat. Skin yes. a cat. What do you mean by that? Yeah. There's more than one way to skin a cat. What? <laughs> and I, and I did, I, I, 
I really enjoyed, I, I can't remember if I was commenting on the time, but I really enjoyed the actress's um, interpretation of the voice that obviously Majel did uh, in the original series for Emrys um, or Mares. And who did Scotty? Uh, the person who did Scotty is the same person who did uh, the the admiral who was in charge of the um, the Texas class uh, ships in lower decks okay oh, yeah. blown up at the at the end yeah of yeah he, he he that actor did the uh did that voice okay he did a good job yeah of course you have um um jimmy doing son going i i could have done right here. right I yeah done <laughs> i can work yeah. for cheap <laughs> we've seen him actually we've seen him uh obviously in the fan film uh, the uh, fan series, right? So, um, then we have a a combination musical number montage going on, which I thought was, I, I felt like this was a good way to end this series by actually focusing directly on the animated series. Yeah. Um, because we have a whole ton of different short clips mm-hmm. from the animated series itself, uh, as well as having several of the uh, the characters from the series in this episode. Uh, and the, the song was cute. Uh, somebody said that it's, well, it's nothing, not as good as any of the stuff that was in, uh, you know, subspace Rhapsody, but oh, it, yeah. was it wasn't enough, meant it was... to be, it was meant to be a kind of a seventies thing. Right. They even had like that crazy animation around Riker when he's playing the bone, you know, with the you know, kind of layered effect. Uh, mm-hmm. That was, that was fun. That's what it was supposed to be. You know, I had a thought, um, looking at the um, the screen the screen grabs you got of all the different episodes, uh, I had thought about this before. Is you know Star Wars they had on Disney Plus they did the uh, Star Wars Visions where they had all these um, uh, anime animation mm-hmm. shops in mm-hmm. Japan do to do their own take on Star Wars, and some of them were, you know, you could see the. Uh, lightsabers, but they were more in a samurai kind of look, and they had uh, there was different elements that they kind of changed things up. I would have loved to actually seen instead of just these five in the same style, mixed it up and had other people ta- with their take on Star Trek. I think that could have been fun too. Yeah, uh, I, I think it comes down to how much of a budget did this really get because essentially mm-hmm. these five promos that just happened to be longer than a minute, right? For, yeah. for, for lower at the end credit shows lower decks and Star Trek, the animated series as things to watch on Paramount plus. So um, I don't know if they would have the time or the, or the budget to be farming out to a bunch of different shops. Right. Uh, I do know that that, you know, with the, with the, um, with the sudden, I wouldn't say sudden popularity, that's the wrong way to say it, but with the rising popularity, perhaps of, of anime, uh, I know that Rick and Morty is also doing, um, yeah, a, a a version that has more of an anime style. So I wouldn't put it uh, out of, you know, I would expect that Star Trek might do something like that at some point but, as well. But didn't they? Uh, there was at one point I remember seeing a drawing um, of Kirk. It was like a concept for an animation style Star Trek. Uh, it has been several years ago now, but I was. But that all that kind of made me think it'd be cool. A setting logistics aside, I'm just saying I think it would be a cool 
project to see some uh, different takes on Star Trek as well. Well, we've we let's quickly if we're done talking about this one, of course. Uh, to yeah, fine, we're it. done. I'm just okay. kidding. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> I wanted to wanted to rate it, but I didn't want if you if anybody had additional thoughts about it besides that. Tendy calling Scotty hot and <laughs> became very weird at that point. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's time to it's time to beam out of here. <laughs> so I had said I'd said to rate this on a scale of one to ten. Uh, oh my's. I'm changing that. Let's rate this on a scale of one to ten. Post mainframe acid Cardassian ten forward core charts. <laughs> there we go. That. You know, I did, I just noticed. Uh, I didn't notice this after watching it a couple times, but I just noticed with this collage you've got that the video clips they were doing all the the quick rapid succession in that montage are on the main viewer screen. I thought yeah, they were just being flashed up in our face. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like it's weird because there are a few that aren't. Uh, not, ah. not the one in the first column that's the the rec room because that's when they're having the, the discussion back and forth about the rec room. Right. But um like the the shot of McCoy that's in the top of the third column that's also in with that mix of stuff and Sp- Spock with the Klingons. So a few of them weren't for some reason. I don't know why, but all the other ones were definitely on the view screen. That's funny. All right. So let's start. Let's start with me since I'm on the top here. Make yeah, it easy, easy for me to remember. Uh, I've got to figure out what I'm going to rate this one. I think I'm going to give this one. It's a lot of fun. I'm going to give this one. I gave this one a nine. I tell you, one of the reasons I want to give this one a nine is because it was nice to have it end on this note of actually honoring the original series. You know, it goes kind of off the rails for ten day to begin with, but we say this is what it's supposed to be about. This is what we're doing. Then everybody's like joining in. We get a lot of clips. Uh, we get to see the you know the newer animation working with the older animation the same so i felt like it was a really i wouldn't want to have seen five of these but i felt like it was a really good way to cap off all of this and i think that they they in essence they stuck the landing on this one that you know it uh, knowing where we started off mm-hmm. could have gone many ways yeah but i yeah. thought they really stuck the landing on this one yeah. so i'm going to give it a 9 what about you chuck I'm going to give it an eight. I, I did think it was very fun, but I just, the starting was rough. I'm like, oh no, here we go again. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I feel like a, a better start would have made this a nine or even a 10. Okay. All right. And what about you, Craig? Um, I'm going to go, uh, I would, I'm almost on, I'm teetering on that nine, but I'm going to say uh, eight and a half. I okay. thought it was, was a good episode and it was, uh, I thought it was, uh, a little bit of improvement from the other ones we've seen. <laughs> well, it was certainly better than uh, <laughs> yes. worst contact. I wasn't going to uh, bring that one up, but <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Which is the least of these. Yeah, if we had to rank was... them, that one's that one's the you know that the, was pretty ranked. The Cybok yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, uh, re- relating to very short tricks, uh, I think with the last one here, they actually put out a. Um, not a behind the scenes, but it was more like an yep. interview thing. Mm-hmm. That, and the guy, and they talk about the inspiration for a little bit more. Yeah, we have, uh, I believe we have a link to that in oh, the did you? show notes. Okay. We, I did at one point, so hopefully it's still there. Uh, yeah, if, it's not, if, if, if it's not there, uh, you know, it, you can easily okay. find it. So. Okay. Um, so before we move on to our, our next main mission, 
Um, I thought I would say, do you guys have any, and I'm going to put up the entire list here overall, because this may be the one and only since again, since it was promo, really, this may be the one and only season of very short treks. And I know that uh, we've talked a bit about, Oh, but it'd been nice. If um, w- do you have any overall impressions you want to give very short treks in its one, perhaps one and only season of five. <laughs> Uh, I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was creative. Uh, You know, there were a few good laughs. There were a few, oh my gosh, that shouldn't be on air ever again moments. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, and and whether you are new to the series, uh, new to Star Trek universe, I thought there was some fun in it, or you're a, you know, a longtime veteran like we are, it, it, it had some fun to it. So I enjoyed it overall. Yeah. As somebody that... I'm sure, I don't know about you, you two uh, specifically, I'm sure Clinton, I, yeah, I grew up watching this because this was in my wheelhouse at the time. And I think, uh, I think this was fun in itself, except for that worst contact. That was just a waste of talent and time. But for the most part, I think uh, the whole thing was, was fun to see and I'm glad they made it. I would, I'd be down for watching if it wasn't like a gross episode or something or, or blatantly adult, I wouldn't mind watching uh, an episode, a, a full length episode uh, done like this. You know? Yeah. It's interesting that uh, they said in that documentary that uh, you were talking about Craig, uh, that they actually did 10 scripts for mm-hmm. this and that they chose five of them to do it. I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> you chose worst contact over something over what? else. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I don't know if we want to know the other five. I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe that was the best out who, of the other who five. Who made that decision and why? Yeah. I want to, I want some explanations. Well, I one know. had a Mogatu doing karaoke. That didn't oh, work. Oh, yes. Yeah, well, hmm. But I can watch this, uh, another a full-length episode or a season of decent episodes, you know, not just very short tracks. Just... Yeah, to me, to me, it's, um, you know, and if they keep it with animation, that's one thing, but it's one of the things that I miss is that experimentation that we would have with short treks Mm -hmm. and that's gone now. Now it's just series. It's a series or nothing. So this was really the only time recently we've had this kind of experimenting with, well, let's push the envelope here and see if anything happens. I was going to say, throw it in the wall and see if it sticks, but man with worse contact. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, So I'll stick to pushing envelopes. yeah. Yeah. I do want to add that uh, I did love the intro each time I saw it the, with the wobbly music a little bit and having the old animated Enterprise flying around. I thought that was kind of fun to see. Or the title the, card with the planet. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that same, not quite right, you know, um, theme music because yes. <laughs> e- e- even even Star Trek didn't want to play Star Trek for using the rights <laughs> to Alexander. I know. I thought that was funny. The <laughs> original ser- the the TAS ha- actually had different music. It was like Star Trek like, not Star Trek. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, much like our our podcast here, we so have Star Trek like music. Bum, 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 <laughs> bum, bum, yeah. We yeah. can't afford the rights to that, even though it's probably like a buck and a half. But uh, yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, so let's uh, let's uh, have an appropriate sound effect, which I forgot to ask for, for main mission part two. Command functions are offline. 
Oh, oh great. My no, Wi-Fi is down. All right. We will <laughs> we will soldier on as best we can then. So, right. Craig, do you want to tell us a bit about our main mission part two? All right. So this is uh, we're going, moving into lower decks mode. Season four, episode six in Parth Ferengi's heart place. <laughs> uh, it came out on the 12th, uh, October 12th. Uh, it's written by Cullen Crawford, who uh, is a producer on Lower Decks. This is the first script for the show's uh, the show. Previous works thing of his include uh, being an executive story editor for TV series Paradise PD, a story editor for Hulu streaming series Modoc, and a writer for The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. And it was directed by Brandon Williams. And Brandon Williams, this is his first directing credit. Previously, Williams has been a storyboard artist on Mike McMahon's uh, Solar Opposites, as well as Lower Decks. Other storyboard artists and credits include Little Demon, Mortal Kombat Legends, Battle of the Realms, and the 2017 reboot of (laughs) Wacky Races. Which I didn't even know was a thing. Me neither. (laughs) And we get it rebooted, just in case. I know. So the short plot synopsis is the Cerritos visit the Ferengi homeworld with the prospect of the Ferengi joining the Federation, Mariner, Boimler, Tindy, and Rutherford are tasked with updating the information on Ferenginar in the Federation's travel guide. Which we now know is a thing. And we yes. didn't know that before. Right. It, it, it used to be known as Fromers. Now it's Boimlers. <laughs> I don't think you're going to get much information out of Boimler for that, that they're, guide. They're updating the Hitchhiker's Guide of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we've got, we've actually got, um, four different stories going here so i think we're going to break this out a bit but yeah we we start off where we where we know we've been starting off this season is if you start off an episode in kind of the back of some ship with a couple of people talking you know like nothing good is going to happen here to these people right in this case these ferengi uh and sure enough you know they're having the argument back and forth we did find out something interesting though there's a Portable version of the Genesis device. Well, besides that, which is, you know, thinking, uh, but the proto matter and stuff, are you sure you want to be doing that? Uh, no, we, we find out that one of these Ferengi apparently had been in, in touch with whatever the ship is because he said, you know, they, he said they, they, they said they would be prophets. And he goes, aha, I knew what you were working <laughs> with. So we know that whatever is in there is something that can communicate you know, right off the bat, even before we know stuff at mm. the end of this mm-hmm. episode um, or the end of the next episode, I should say. But mm-hmm. um, so we're getting that was a little drop of information that we got at the same time. I, I thought that Genesis device was funny because it's it's too soon. I just watched Wrath of Khan the other night. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I saw that small version of it, I thought. Wow, the tiny hope movement's kind of uh, yeah <laughs> gone into the Starfleet. <laughs> Only keep those things you love. We have to toss this one out. Yeah. All right. So let's actually. Uh, I'm surprised. You know, I'm surprised the Genesis device wasn't in the Cerritos archive room with all the other weird stuff. I know. Yeah, like, I know. Yeah. That's right. Well, logger. Especially when some of those other things were clearly blown up as well. So it's kind of weird. Uh, all right. Let's start the first of our four things going on here mm-hmm. is there's apparently a request by grand Nagus Ram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to join the Federation. And so uh, we have a- a- Admiral, uh, what was this? Uh, uh, 
Vassery, who we've seen at least once before, uh, he's there in the USS Toronto because he's going to be leading these negotiations, which he thinks are going to be no big deal at all. And Freeman is there kind of to be a witness. It's unclear why she's there because he's not taking a single bit of her advice about anything. Right. No. He's dismissing everything. Um, and hey. Hey, by the way, by the way, that little screenshot you got with that wavy line behind him mm-hmm. looks like they're on a cruise ship. That That's was my I... first thought. That was <laughs> my first thought. It's like Voyager a carnival cruise seas. ship. <laughs> it's, a, it's the uh, sea princess. <laughs> oh, love, starship. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, I think we're getting a, getting a case of all right, either a evil admiral or an incompetent admiral. And hmm. because he's clearly has no clue about what's going on. He's done no research at all into the Ferengi feeling like, oh, I don't have to because, you know, Rom and Lita, they're they're changing everything around. And it's just going to be this, you know, cakewalk. We're just going to get this done and, you know, be out of here yeah. in a half an hour. I think overconfident or or what's the right word? Not overconfident, but. Um... Oh, definitely. That is a good word for this. He's okay. Completely Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he wasn't he wasn't really listening to anybody. A bit arrogant. No. Yeah. Yeah, arrogant. He, he knows That's more of like it. Yeah. Yeah. He knows exactly what's up. But we find out that no, he's definitely being played. Uh he's he's kind of lulled into false sense of security. When Lita says, look, he just wants to have a little bit of a little bit of say in this, and then they whip out the list of things that they want. Mm-hmm. And Fame yeah. is just shaking her head. Well, it's nice to see. You know, Max and and Chase mm-hmm. doing some voice work in this show. Yeah, and uh, she's. <laughs> I was. Uh, I don't know even how to place her personality. This is not what I was expecting from uh, from her character on Deep Space Nine. Well, now oh, she's first clerk. So yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. I know she she had her stuff together. Remember, she formed mm-hmm. the first union. Mm-hmm. That's true. And yeah, you know, she. She was progressive. She stood up for what was right and and spoke her voice whenever necessary. So mm-hmm. I see this totally in line with Lita's character. Okay. So the one weird thing I I thought about this episode is that you know they're making the admiral jump through all these hoops, just like goading him on and on and on and on, and he's not seeing it. He's denying it. You know, Freeman's even pointing it out. No, 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 nonsense. Blah blah blah. They make him dance. They yeah. they. They're writing the giving way that they that the Ferengi can get on any starship they want and take it anytime that they want to. He's just giving everything away. And you know, we get the then then Freeman is the one who is able to turn things around. Yeah. Right. So my question though about all that is well, they were on Deep Space Nine for years. They saw pretty much the way the Federation worked. Why did they have to make this happened because they, they, you know, they, they worked with Cisco and everybody, they, they kind of had some, they went through the wars together. They kind of knew what the Federation was about. I think this, I, I didn't find it that surprising. I think this was a, a fun test. Uh, it would be no different than, you know, if the Klingons wanted to join the Federation, you would have to do it their way and have battle and glory and honor. And, Pain sticks. Right. The yeah. whole thing. So I hate that negotiating process with the I, Klingons. I think it was a little 
obtuse for us not to recognize it. I mean, obviously Freeman knew what was going on and she said, Hey, we got to play their game their way. If we want them to join our Federation, not just keep giving into demand after demand. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know that we've been in this situation before. Yes. The Ferengi know how the, the Federation works. And maybe they said, let's see if they do it our way. Mm -hmm. So they respect our culture. How I see. So they saw how the Federation did things for themselves, but how are they treating right? How do they treat the Fringanar? Yeah. Well, that was my you know what else is. I'll tell you something that I thought was funny was when I started watching this episode, I had to pause it for a second and think. No, I guess I I don't know. I never questioned that the Fringi were not part of uh United Federation of Planets. Ah. Uh -huh. You know, I just it didn't cross my mind before because they were. You know, in Deep Space Nine, I didn't think about them, you know. They were negotiating way. for the Barzan wormhole. The whole deal. They were there the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So All I right. didn't so, think about them not being part of the Federation. So, yeah, um, Freeman is able to throw in a little uh, clause at the bottom, the fine print, and they don't read the fine print. <laughs> you have to, uh, you have to uh, get another planet to join. Didn't say which one. They didn't say which one. Yeah, we find out that it's Kronos, and it's like, that, that what? <laughs> yeah. Hey, wait. <laughs> there you go. You got to play the Klingons their game. Someone's getting the pain sticks. I, I I thought it was rather humorous, because when when Lita was talking, all I could picture was Chase Masterson on the cruise every time. I know, right? Yeah. Like, there she is at the karaoke party. There, there she is snorkeling with us. <laughs> She's swimming with the dolphins again. And then Max, he's either on stage singing or we saw him at, I think it was at Chase's charity event one year. Mm. <laughs> oh, this is fun. <laughs> I like so one baseball. Thi one, one thing that I noticed is um, we talked more about this in a, in a minute, but kind of cross promotion going on in the, in the scene, in the, um, on the Toronto, they put out a spread of food and they put out <laughs> this wooden Cut. enterprise plate. Like, you can buy something. those. Yeah. Product <laughs> <Yeah>. placement. <laughs> that's something that's you can funny. actually get right now. All right. So let's move on. I'm surprised to... they didn't put a QR code on the screen. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to. We got to figure out what's going on with Mariner, and we we actually don't even figure that up at the end of the episode. But I don't know. Were you guys kind of bummed that she seemed to be kind of regressing back to old Mariner at this point? Yeah, I thought we were over that hill. Yeah, well, that's the second time we've said that, right? And <laughs> or third. It's, well, I was, I was hoping that now that things seem to be smoothed out, and we yeah we talked about this last time. And I think I get the impression that it's supposed to be the issue is that she has nothing to rebel against and it's, and it's, it's uncomfortable for her perhaps that having everything nice just is unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. To her. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's, that's exactly what her situation was last time. And then Boimler is going to be going on this because they're charged with doing this, uh, updating the, the, the traveler's guide, the Federation traveler's guide to Ferengi. Ferengi That's a thing. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to read I want to read that book. When's that going to come up from uh Pocket Books or something? It's, it's going to be coming out with uh Scotty's Haynes manual for the Enterprise. And we also have then Tendy and Rutherford are tasked with pretending to be a couple because they're going to be updating the guide on uh these special packages that they have uh, on on the planet for uh, couples for for uh, newlyweds and special discounts and all these type of things and they're all excited about doing it because oh this should be fun we kind of be like play acting and this is going to be great great fun for us and uh, we find out uh, not necessarily so much uh, when when Mariner was on her shtick you know getting in bar fights and whatnot she had what I'm sure will be yet another hat to spot on the cruise yes. The, the backwards yeah. Ferengi head. The Ferengi the head two, with the two beer can things yeah. on it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> someone, <laughs> someone is working on that right now. You know. <laughs> oh, you can be absolutely sure of that. You can be sure yep. of that. And we get another look at, at lovely Ferenginar. Uh, with the first shot, looks very familiar because it's it's the uh, the city in rain. It's the same kind of deal we saw yeah. on uh, yep. Deep Space Nine. But then we get to see a lot of close-ups of all these different establishments. Sluggo Cola. Hey, what did he say? I, I can't wait to haggle at the casino and then gamble at the haggler's. Yes. Totally... Yeah. <laughs> Loeb's Lodge. Uncle Quark's. Yeah. So very uh, full, of, full of little Easter egg stuff going on. Yes. All those shots. Drink Sluggo Cola. Yes. So... Tendi and Rutherford, they 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 want out. They want out of this. They realize that this is probably a bad thing, and it's too late. Too late because the couple yeah. on the table yeah. next door got found out, and they yeah. got sent to the sulf the the sub sub what the the underwater sulfur mines or something. It was <laughs> not yeah. a good place that you want to go. Right, but they 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 tried to bail a couple of times. Like this is when they're in the lobby. They realize as they're waiting in line to register. They want to bail and they find they themselves almost, at the front. They almost did it. These, these two are getting a great deal, which is like, do you know what it means to get a great <laughs> deal on Ferenginar? So there, there's like, uh, uh, well, okay, I guess we're, we're, we're in it at this point. Yep. And poor Boimler, he's checking in and he, he gets drawn into junk TV. Yeah. Now, before he gets before he gets drawn into it, I want to point out that not only do we have the Paramount logo behind him on the wall, which gets called out, oh, yes, but the television set is the CBS Eye. Oh yeah, good. That's a good <laughs> eye, Clinton. I thought that was a leftover from like the Cardassian Deep Space Nine architecture. Well, it kind of looks like something out of the Prisoner, but uh, that is definitely the CBS Eye. So you've got both of them like staring at each other across the mm -hmm. room. Yeah, and he gets trapped in a world of bad Ferengi television. What was it Dar and Bach? Yes, apartment yeah. uh, landlord cops or something. Yeah, <laughs> just, that's right. It was I swear so it was only bad. Pounds when I brought him in, that was hilarious. <laughs> and then they keep sticking product placement ads in there. Yeah, what you could have commercials in a show right in the show. Yeah, <laughs> they keep these are. These are nothing but lies. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You see Boimler's face. You got it at the bottom there. It, it was. Yeah, he goes in way, way deep. He's strung way out. Deep. And he's only been there for like eight hours. 
Yeah. He clearly hasn't built up his tolerance. <laughs> yeah, he 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 starts to watch and then he goes, Oh, I'm gonna go out now and he gets caught again. He goes, Well, I guess I can continue watching just to help other people avoid this. And he crosses off everything else on his list and he's just gonna sit there drinking the sluggo cold and this sluggo chips, I believe, that he also has in a bag <laughs> next to him. He's <laughs> got all the algae he'll ever need in his system right now. Yeah. Which is totally awesome, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um good for you good source of vitamin c um so we want to get back to um things just get more and more awkward for attending and and um and rutherford you begin to feel bad for them because you know they're made up they you know put in these fancy clothes for some photo shoot uh and then they're supposed to be putting on other clothing for their photo shoot and they go running the heck out of there. Look, look, I like how her, her green face is blushing. Yeah. Yeah. Red. How does, how does that work exactly? Yeah. Hey, by the way, do you see what was on the wall? Well, go, go, go back. Oh, the hearts and the, the Ferengi. T- I don't, I don't. No, that's what I thought first, no, but the are, ears are wrong. Yeah. It's, um, it's a male and a female Ferengi. I know, but it looks like the koala. It does. The koala yeah, does make does. an appearance in the next episode. We'll get there. Right. Um, what I like is, and I'm sure you guys love this as well, is where they run to. Uh, whoops, I got the wrong one. I got the wrong one up here. Let me get back here. Doo-doo. Oh, did I Doo-doo. lose the slide? Oh, Doo-doo. I lose the slide someplace in here. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Two I recognize quarks. this place. Yes. Yeah. The Star Trek experience. experience. They did a great job with this. Well, I feel like we're at home, sort of. <laughs> yeah, when I saw that, I went, oh, that is so funny. They're calling back to that. <laughs> I mean, down to the point that they have Voyager and the Enterprise D hanging from the ceiling. And I put in a, a shot that I took from uh, Star Trek The Experience. <laughs> yeah. the same two ships. Yeah, that's right. So this was this was full of little Easter eggs. Uh, I don't remember if I ended up with did I end up keeping a screenshot. I I had there was um, they have things in there like um, the uh, Jeffrey's tube entrance in there. You've got a Guardian of Forever over yeah. in the corner. Oh yeah, Magatu. Uh, Magatu is there. Magutu. Yeah, Mogatu. Yeah. <laughs> All of them are there. Uh, so yeah, it was it was a lot of fun just to relive some memories with that one but yeah that's when they try to bail again and that's when they see what happens to that other couple who are trying to bail it's not gonna be going so well for them because they get into the salt mines and so tendy and rutherford have to eat chocolate replicas of each other while saying things they love or like about the other person i like your hair lying yes yeah. Uh, I like your hair also. Ding. Ding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the sexy chocolate models of each other. Exactly. They don't know what they're going to do to get out of this. And fortunately, uh, Miggly Moo comes along and saves the day, although he doesn't really realize he's doing it. He almost blows their cover entirely. I didn't he know does. you were married. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the. The Vulcan Ferengi over there it's, has got that. What? Yeah. It's it's my two favorite platonic friends. <laughs> yes. like, who who says that? Conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So they pretend that he's broken up their marriage because they're both in love with him and they go storming off that they're never going to speak to each other again. And 
And so the Ferengi do the logical thing and offer him the homewrecker uh, special package. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to throw up twice in my mouth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's your Jeffrey's tube entrance right there in the back. Yep, exactly. Yeah. All right. So now we've got we got Mariner and what's up with Mariner? She uh whoops. Uh, <laughs> oh. Charlie X. Charlie there. Charlie, come back here. Um, you don't need all that subspace chatter. No, Charlie, not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> um, so, so Meredith's off just off on a tear. She's just looking for a fight. She's drinking up a storm, and she picks a fight with uh, a huge. Don't didn't realize these existed, but these huge biker type Ferengis. <laughs> biker type, and it doesn't end well for no. her or her friend. I, I, love, we, I love when they're looking at the, the wall of like lost Latinum or whatever it is. Wow. You got to give it to the Ferengi. They really stay on brand. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. much lost profits. <laughs> Cause it's the memorial to the, to the uh, Cardassian war. Just all the profits that they lost. During the <laughs> right. war. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And uh, we've seen uh, the, um, the Ferengi before her, the Ferengi was in the episode where Mariner hired him or, or had him pretend to be this, you know, this, this Ferengi that was going to get them, you know, robbed and Boimler kind of saves the day or thinks he's, he's done a good job. So that's, he's, he's returned again for this. I wrote his name down and I can't find it at the moment, but that's okay. Um, oh, Quimp, Quimp. Quimp. Quimp is his name. Uh, so, yes, he says that he doesn't know what's up with her either. And he just wants her to, you know, get herself right. And, yeah. Whatever's eating up inside, you got to figure it out. Yeah. And hopefully she will soon because we're, we're drumming our fingers here about you got to figure this out. Got to get this, got to get this uh, taken care of. And I think that's basically it because at that point, We've had this, we have the signing of the, um, the contract and the SWAT team comes in to rescue, rescue, uh, Boimler from himself. <laughs> Again, some huge biker type Ferengis. We just, I didn't realize that was a thing, but apparently they're, they're big. Why things. not? Yeah, why not? You know, they got to ride their bikes in the rain all the time, which I can't say yeah. is a treat, but. All right. So do we have any additional thoughts on this episode what are we rating this on uh what do you want to rate it on slogo colas okay yeah, colas. yeah all right so you start chuck uh i am going to give this an eight thought it had a lot of great callbacks a lot of great easter eggs in it a lot of fun it 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 just there was almost like too much happening and i didn't really like the regression yeah. of mariner i thought we were beyond that okay Fair enough. How about you, Craig? Um, I'm going to say an eight also for the same reason, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Mariner was regressing again and it was like, uh, you think she at least progressed some, you know, we're in four season four, by now I'm hoping they, they resolve that or give us a good conclusion to that as to why this continues to happen. Don't know. Um, policy complaints. <laughs> uh, note from Gary saying, nice to see more anti-Ron policy complaints. It wasn't just Quark complaining. Indeed. 
Yeah, I've got a feeling there's a lot of pushback on that. I mean, you've that's that comes right on top of the females wearing clothes and everything. So it's like, okay, this is just too much, too fast. Can't can't deal with all this stuff. Uh, I am going to give this one. I there was a lot of things I really liked about this episode. I mean, it was it was completely laugh out loud, even for mm-hmm. Bonnie when we when we saw you know <laughs> Quark's Starfleet experience mm-hmm. uh, in this. <laughs> Which was uh, worth the price of admission it's by itself, yep. as well as some of those the the subversive. I I just I love the subversiveness of not calling out the CBS logo, but calling out the Paramount logo. Right, uh, you know, just some fun stuff in there. But I, you know, overall, Mariner did kind of ding it. Unless we've, and again, I say unless there's some really something deep that's behind all this. Um, it just felt like a struggle that didn't need to be a struggle at this point. So I'm going to give it an eight as well. It feels like there were so many Easter eggs in here. You have to watch it a number of times and you'll still pick out something new every time. Oh, I, I, I oh, see. Speaking great. of which, Hey, pull up, throw up your slide one more time. Okay. Hold on a second here. And look at the, the, the games at the top in that, that Dabo table. Mm-hmm. Right, we got the double table sort of, it, but it looks like room. it looks like uh, what's that? Uh, the table that, that it's on, right? Huh? The table that it's on is what you're referring to, right? Yeah, well, the whole table, everything. It looks like that. Uh, what is that ship? They ha- it's in the be- opening sequence, uh, the fight scene uh, where they keep changing up all the ships. It looks like one of the ships in there. Well, that ship was the that was a Ferengi ship at the. Um... Oh yeah, that one does look like a Frankie ship, doesn't it? Yeah, the top one. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, this definitely was the interiors of things. I think they said, okay, we're going to go with the complete Vegas vibe with it, which is why I think <laughs> they were able to work in Star Trek: The Experience mm-hmm. in this thing because it's just a complete Vegas vibe. This would have been a fun one to bet in the writers' room when they were dreaming this up. You know what else we need? <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm a title I'm, loan. Uh, office, you know, <laughs> the, the guys from Pawn Stars just up the road. <laughs> Actually, that would have been funny if uh, if Boimler was watching uh, Pawn Stars or something, you know, or some kind of show like that. And they're trying to, trying to get the least possible amount for everything. <laughs> yeah. How much you give me for this classic Cardassian on the same? Yeah, they're negotiating on the same thing for two yeah. hours. <laughs> classic Cardassian rifle. I, I was told I could it. get. They did edit it. I could get six bars of latinum at auction. I'll give you one. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, it's time now for some subspace chatter. Well, I'm assuming it's some time for some subspace chatter because, yeah. as you know, we're going to be asking our, our good friend uh, Charlie. I say that as a good friend Charlie. Yeah, like that's a thing. Uh, but we're going to ask Charlie X. Charlie, we all said to do some subspace chatter. I won't do it again. Please, I'll be good. I won't ever do it again. I don't believe him. Mm. Oh, that look in his face says, oh, no, 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 no. Those cold, steely eyes. I will never do <laughs> it Oh, again. before we go into subspace chatter, I, I have a, I have what I call a, now it's time for Clinton's trivia rabbit hole segment. Take us down right. the hole. That okay. didn't sound well, right while we, anyway. <laughs> while researching, uh, do the research on um, Parth Ferengi Heart Place, um, I found out that that was a reference. The name was a reference to Garth Merengue's Dark Place. I was wondering where they came up with that title. That made absolutely no sense, but keep going. Which was a, 
which was a 2004 British horror parody series. And the show itself was a parody of a 1980s of it was a parody of 1980s television and its tropes. And bonus on top of that, it featured two IT crowd alums, Richard yeah. uh, Iode and Matt Berry being Matt Berry, as he always is in everything oh, yeah. that he does. And so I'm going to put a link to the pilot episode of that series, which is available on YouTube because somebody put it up there. Um, yeah. In the, show notes, in the show notes for 147, I got 74, 147. Uh, badges, badges. We don't need no stinking badges. So <laughs> I, I watch it. It's, it's kind yeah. of uneven and i don't know i don't know how long the um the series lasts um so i wouldn't necessarily say i could recommend watching everything but it's fun to to watch at least one of them and it was kind of this little rabbit hole i went down to and i said oh so there was this show called garth Marenghi's dark place what was that and i just kept going and going and going kudos to you for the deep cut yeah indeed all right but let's come back from that somebody somebody was going what rhymes with Ferengi? <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, I remember this old show from the 80s. Okay. So you start us off there, Chuck. Oh, aren't we kicking Charlie out? No, we just got to Charlie. Yeah. No, I, as I much was... as I'd love to, as much <laughs> as I would love to. Well, as we predicted and hoped, Star Trek Prodigy has found a new home. As you recall, after Paramount Plus greenlit a second season of the animated Trek series for children, the show was abruptly canceled and season one was removed from the platform. Boo. This came as a shock to everyone since CBS Studios had already paid for season two and work was nearly done on the 20 episodes. Fans of the show immediately raised their voices in protest. The Save Star Trek Prodigy hashtag. People, you really got to work on these things. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Well, it, they just said Save Prodigy. It was like that old dial-up service. Exactly, yeah. Eric. <laughs> I've got AOL now. <laughs> it's like URL shortener where they're using a URL that's longer than the original. It's just, yeah. It's fine that it says real words, but it's not helpful. Okay, anyway, the Save Star Trek Prodigy hashtag was a key rallying point, but fans also went as far as to use a GoFundMe campaign to hire a plane flying Save Star Trek Prodigy banner to fly over the Los Angeles offices of Amazon, Hulu, and Apple, and then circle the Netflix Los Angeles offices for 10 minutes. Outstanding! <laughs> I love it. We love wow. our fellow Trek fans. That's oh, right. Absolutely. They are awesome. All right, carry carry on with the story there, later, Craig. Later, okay. later it said save Star Trek Enterprise, but the plane crashed <laughs> and burned. <laughs> Oopsie. We didn't have money for that hashtag. Too many letters. <laughs> All right, so behind the scenes, the Hagman brothers immediately began working with CBS Studios to find a, home for, a new home for Prodigy. While Paramount Plus was no longer involved, this was still a viable product, and both the production team and CBS Studios had motivated motivation, excuse me, to get season two in front of the fans, even if it had to be outside of the Paramount Global family. And that new home is, I know we already mentioned it, Netflix. <laughs> so the yeah, 
the pa- uh, the patron streaming saint of abandoned shows. I know this isn't a good place to put a canceled show, right? All right, we'll, try. Yeah, we'll, be, we'll we will discuss that in a moment. I think. Yeah. So Netflix will be putting up season one later this year, with season two to come in 2024. There is no official word, as far as we know, on whether season two will post all at once, following the binge model Netflix pioneered, or released on a weekly basis as it was on Paramount Plus. As as far as we know, the entire production team will remain in place, including Prodigy co-executive um, producer Aaron Waltke. I'm sorry, I was reading the pronunciation there. Waltke. And Kurtzman. Yeah, Kurtzman, and as well as that. Rodenbury. Kurtzman. Yeah, Aiden, Eugene Rodenbury and others. So there you go. And this will be the first time a Trek show has premiered outside the CBS All Access Paramount Plus platform since Discovery aired its pilot episode on CBS in 2017. Now, one huge question is, will the wider reach of Netflix not only give Prodigy a bigger viewership, but entice people to try the other Trek offerings still on Paramount Plus? And I have one other question. Netflix seems to run hot and cold on animation. Uh, they, they go all in, they have lots of shows and all of a sudden they just go, Nope, we're out. And they just kind of like yeah. wipe the slate. And so I don't know. One of the questions I have is, are they viewing this as a, well, we'll see how it does. And then we'll order a third season if it does well, or we didn't have to put a lot of investment into this and gets us 20 episodes of something that hasn't been seen before that we can promote and get people to our thing. And then, uh, we're done. So I, I don't have an answer to that, obviously, because they're not going to say, but I don't yeah. know. What are your what are your thoughts on how you think this is going to work out for both Prodigy and for uh, Star Trek on Paramount Plus? Well, I was happy with the announcement, but at the same time, you kind of have to have a John DeStai, you know, like what what's going to happen after season two? You know, they're going to, yeah, we'll go ahead and recancel it. Yeah, I don't know. A jaundiced eye. I've not heard that before. Oh, I've heard that. You haven't heard that? What does that mean? It's like, yeah. Yeah. Great description. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) As long as I don't have to spell it, I can say it. So, but why would that apply here? Is it an expression to say you can't see very well, or you're you're partially blind? Hold on, I'm gonna hey, get grammar girl. Look, hold on. To look at on. something with an abandon with a jaundiced eye means to look upon something with prejudice, usually with a cynical or negative way. See, use absolutely correctly. Okay. Good work on you, Craig. Good yeah, work. Thank you. I, I'm All right, that on the calendar. There you go. Do what? Put it on the calendar. Gonna, <laughs> word today is not working for you. Oh. You need to get you need to get the grumpy cat calendar. That I'm sure that would have yeah. that that word on it. Yeah. Remember, That's we were the, just I, talking about idiot things. That was that was grumpy cat stick. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was his own stick. All right. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next story. Well, the long argued debate as to whether or not William Shatner wore a toupee while filming the original Star Trek series has finally ended. In a recent memorabilia auction held by Heritage Auctions, lot number 89221 was described as follows. <laughs> William Shatner, Captain Kirk, lace hairpiece from Star Trek, the original series, Paramount TV, 1966 to 1969, vintage original blonde slash brown human hair, hand knotted lace front wig worn by William Shatner as Captain James T. Kirk. The wig features all the hallmarks of the most famous starship captain 
from the side part to the front curl. Superman curl. (laughs) truly unique collectible from this iconic series, accompanied by its vintage and original storage form and 9-inch by 7.5-inch by 3-inch Max Factor box comes with a certificate of authenticity from Heritage Auctions. We were not able to confirm a selling price of the toupee at this time, at the time of this recording. Mm. Well, the, the hair piece was a, was from the collection of Greg Jean, a longtime master prop maker who extensively worked on Star Trek projects among others and was an Uber Trek fan and a collector. Apparently he's got William Shatner's hair. Uh, recently he had worked with the wand company, allowing them to measure and photograph his original TOS tricorder as he had done with the company's phaser and communicator replicas. Sadly, Gene passed away in 2022 at the age of 76. So we'll have links to both Captain Kirk here piece. I'm laughing about that. uh, Auction auction page, as well as a few links on information about Greg Gene, including friend of the show, Larry Nemechek, uh, giving some personal stories about Greg. You'll find them both all at the, on the show notes for episode 147. Badgies, we ain't got no stinking badgies. How appropriate to have something with Larry, uh, reference to Larry, also with episode 147. <laughs> All right. That's right, yeah. Now, normally, we would start off the news for, uh, with the uh, any information coming out of New York Comic Con's uh, Star Trek Universe panel. But as you may have guessed, with the actor's strike still underway, the announcements were kind of vague. But let's see what actually did and did not happen. Chuck? I thought we were also going to include a link for the uh, Amazon affiliates cheese board. <laughs> uh, well, we can try that. I'll work on that <laughs> while you're speaking. Star Trek Lower Decks creator Mike McMahon joined Alex Kurtzman on stage to talk about the show, and fans were treated to an advanced screening of the upcoming episode, Caves. McMahon said that Talin will definitely be part of season five, which is now in production. He also talked a bit about the basic idea behind Lower Decks, which feeds into the crew's recent promotion, saying Lower Decks is based on being in your 20s, early 30s. You're getting your first jobs. You're meeting your best friends. And you didn't know you were you were going to meet having new responsibilities when work is pulling friendships apart. How do friendships survive that moment? If you lose that shared experience, do you still have friendships? And which friendships last past that? So I thought that was an interesting way of, you know, seeing what the thought process is going on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, there was no, new, no news on whether uh, when the fifth and final season's discovery will premiere, although Kurtzman is still saying it'll be early 2024. The suspicion is that Paramount Plus wants to be able to have the actors do press chunkets for the show and is holding back any new material, including new trailers, until they get a guarantee on a premiere date. Uh, Until they can guarantee one. Uh, Moving on to Strange New Worlds, as we previously mentioned, production was just about to begin when the rug was pulled out from under them on Mm -hmm. season three. When the writers and actors strike began. Kurtzman said the production team is gearing back up and getting ready to go once the SAG-AFTRA AFTRA, uh, strike is over. AFTRA, right. it's over. <laughs> aye, 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 aye. Oh, We're here boy. all week. All right. 
Rapper Kid Cudi was present at the panel for the announcement of a multi-platform collaboration, Be Bold, Star Trek by Kid Cudi. This includes a new song, Heaven's Galaxy, a line of streetwear, and a Fortnite game starring Kid Cudi called Star Trek Mirror Madness. The hmm. game is, no surprise, set in the Mirror Universe. I didn't get that from that title. Hmm. I know it's weird. It's weird. So do either of you play Fortnite? Because I would be the sort of person that anybody who's on my team would be like, why are you here? You know, yeah. Yeah. Why are you why doing you... these forward rolls all over the place? It doesn't make any sense. What does that got to do with anything? I, I dabbled in it, but uh, I haven't played in a long time. Nope. All right. So we probably won't be able to ourselves experience this one. Because, yeah, I would just, yeah, they, my, my own team would just be turning on me immediately. So yeah. why are you shooting your phasers at me? Stop it. <laughs> Klingon right of ascension. <laughs> there you go. Negotiation time. Kersman did take time to congratulate Star Trek Prodigy for finding its new home on Netflix. However, understandably, the time spent on this was brief as Paramount Plus, not Netflix, was the one footing the bill for the panel. Yes, I. fair enough. <laughs> Although Kurtzman said, congrat- <laughs> I think it's funny him congratulating them on finding a new home after he kicked them out. Well, he didn't kick him out. <laughs> he, he's still a producer on the show. Why would he kick him yeah. out? He's doing the show. No, it wasn't his decision. Somebody higher up the suits. It was the suits. The suits. Although Kurtzman said that the Star Trek Starfleet Academy writers' room was open, there were no cast announcements or other information. At this point, we still can't even 100% confirm the series will take place in the 32nd century, even though that is nearly everyone's assumption. The news was also light on Section 31 streaming movie event. Kurtzman did say that Michelle Yeoh is still very committed to getting the project moving. In part, he said, So, we're back on our feet after the strike with Section 31. It is happening. Michelle Yeoh has had one of the most unbelievable years that anyone could ever have had in Mm -hmm. history of ever. And she had a million opportunities to hit the jackpot on it and do other things. And what did she, and what she did with all of the power she had accrued is make sure that section 31 is moving forward. Good for her. Wow. Good for us too. Good for us. Yeah. And also missing was an announcement about a Star Trek Legacy series, although Kurtzman did hint that there are other Trek projects in the works. Hmm. There's no there's no way they haven't heard the fans on that. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm absolutely no way. Yeah. You don't need to, you don't need a plane flying over Kurtzman's house yeah. without. <laughs> That's our next gun fo- go find me. And no, it's wow. one of those it's one of those trucks that has a sign on the back that goes up and down the Vegas strip. That's been driving yeah. around his house. They <laughs> took out the picture oh, of the Star strippers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and last, there was no news on a theatrical Star Trek movie, but a panel about Paramount Plus wouldn't be the place uh, for that to happen. Anyway, what? Clinton, do we have anything from Vulcan, Alberta, Canada for this episode? Well, we have something because I always like to have something. We don't have anything Star Trek related, but. In Vulcan, Alberta, Canada news, uh, we want to send our congratulations to Vulcan's own uh, Taryn Sanderson of the Medicine Hat College uh, Rattlers female golf team. 
Again, she's a Vulcan native. She has been named the 2023-2024 Alberta College Athletics Conference Female Golf Rookie of the Year. Congratulations, but I think we're really thin on stories when we're... Well, I'm doing what I can to keep (laughs) keep them alive there. However, even though we don't have more Vulcan Alberta Canada news, hey, wait a minute. Have... Wait a minute. Are they in the uh, the travel god? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I'll send Boimler. Yeah, send Boimler. Yeah. Just look yeah. in the hotel room after a couple of hours and you'll, yeah. you'll find it. Sorry, I mean interruption. That's okay because just talking about the fact that we have other stories we didn't get to, I have links to 63 additional stories broken out by series, movies, and other categories that so you can spend your time. Going through all those, it's a little bit of everything, including some uh, some comments by the uh, one of the heads at Paramount Plus about what their strategy is going forward for stuff. And I can't make heads or tails out of whether or not that means something good or bad for mm. Star Trek. So you read the article, you let me know what's up with that. All right. But now comes one of my favorite parts of the show, and that's where I get to say goodbye, Charlie. I want to stay, 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 stay. Nope. <laughs> and stay out. Wow. Wow. Was that Did you that... Uh, welding the turbo lift closed? <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> you do understand how Charlie works, right? That isn't going to really help. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, pardon. <laughs> yeah. And you got to call the folks. That's what you got to do. You got to call the folks. All right. Let's begin our, we have an appropriate sound effect for our third and final main mission. Program initiated. Enter when ready. There you go. All right. And this one is uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, <laughs> Season 4, Episode 7, A Few Badgies More. Written by, oh, I gave myself this one, uh, Edgar Momplas. I'd, I'd go with Mom Plazer, but okay. Sure, that's uh, we'll go with that. And directed by Bob Suarez. And a short plot synopsis is three artificial intelligence villagen. Uh, oh, bleh, can't, <laughs> can't rent him. Can't, can't rent him. Uh, three, old joke. Uh, three artificial intelligence villains, Badgie, Peanut Hamper, and Agamus return to cause problems for the Cerritos crew. And don't they? <laughs> because we need more Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> Well, you then you got it. Yes. And uh, yeah, we. Oh, that by the way, that picture of Badgie you got up on the screen is disturbing. Yeah, you like that. <laughs> they did a couple of close-ups like that. Like ah, yeah, full yeah, teeth. Did. Yeah, you can hear him saying, "I'm going to burn your heart in a fire right there on this right on the screen." Uh, the the interesting way about thing about the way this episode starts off is that it almost should say, "Remember back in the last." scene of season one because <laughs> that's where essentially this one picks up with them going mm-hmm. to, you know the, picking up the debris from the uh the packlet battle and picking up rutherford's um visor was well, um his eyepiece yes. which edgy is still uh inside of and so yeah mayhem ensues uh with with Badgie. Now, the one thing that happens near the beginning of the episode that I was a bit confused about, and I don't know whether this is on purpose or just me, but after this kind of flashback portion with Badgie, then 
uh, we go to the binars. The binars, who we haven't seen since their episode on TNG. Star Trek: The Next Generation, yeah. which is season one, I think it was. I mean, it feels like it was like really, really on early on in the run of the show. Forty years ago, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a bit of a, a callback there. But um, so they get attacked by that same ship that's been doing all the damage to all the other ships. And then we see Badgie looking at the view screen from inside the ship. And I, my first thought was, oh, he's responsible for all this. And at the end of the episode, I go, oh, he wasn't. But I don't know if I was supposed to be confused about that. Because he, Badgie really says, looks like somebody, you know, did something to the binaries. We could use this. So... I guess I really should have, I don't know. Did you guys think that it was Badgie being responsible at the beginning of the episode? Um, it crossed my mind, but I don't, you come out the, the vessel that was, uh, that were, that when they came across, when they came across the, the, uh, the wreck of the, uh, the binary ship. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. I don't know. I think it kind of crossed my mind a little bit, but I didn't really think about it too much. I wasn't sure if he had something to do with all that. I never made a connection, but I might have yeah. just been oblivious to the situation. Yeah, okay. par for the course for you, Chuck. Well, there's there's a lot of things that <laughs> you know they're they're trying to tie in, but there's also a lot of things to distract us on this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, lots yeah. of shiny things everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is. Yep. Uh, but while the Cerritos is sent off to investigate the debris uh, from that uh, binary ship we find out that not everyone is going on that mission. Tendi and Rutherf- uh, Tendi and uh, Boimler are headed back to the Daystrom Institute because they're going to be, uh, so Tendi is going to the release hearing for Peanut Hamper. <laughs> and Agamus claims... Yeah, I'm sorry, that name just makes me laugh every time. <laughs> yes, and Agamus seems to claims to have information about the attack on the binars, which of course no one is buying. And I don't think they really should buy that, but they, you know, uh, he's told by um, uh, ransom. Uh, uh, we got to at least investigate it to see what the deal is with it. Right. Says, yeah, you know, it's a trap. Yeah, I know, but we got to, we got to check it out, you know, because we have very little information about what's going on here. So we got to follow every lead that we that we have on this. So they're off doing their thing, and we find out that um, look who's become buddy buddies. Yeah, <laughs> and Agamus, if he works real hard, he can turn his red light blue. I like how he goes. Right, he has a grunt for it. <laughs> I got a kick out of. I didn't do a, a, a capture of this because the the details were kind of small. But not only do they show. Um, Agamus and Peanut Hamper in this garden area doing their stuff, and Agamus is like, ah, you know, moisture, ha, type of thing going on. But they they have that group, that support group, where all the the evil computers are, you know, yeah. being led through some therapy. But you also <laughs> see the workout area, yeah, and in the workout area, there's just these these, these computer boxes. Sitting just, in front of a, a weight bench. Yeah, they're sitting around. And then there's a basketball court, and they're just in, sitting in the basketball court, and there's a basketball just in the middle of the middle yeah. of them. 
Uh, oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> just sitting there. They have all the modern amenities of a prison. Just yeah. no bit, no way to utilize them. <laughs> right. It clearly <laughs> wasn't designed for computers. Clearly. That was hilarious. Uh, yeah, but these two are scheming because uh, <laughs> Agamus wants, definitely wants out. And he's going to use, as wow, what a surprise, he's going to use Boimler to get him out. Yeah. And Peanut Hamper is going to fake this, you know, oh, I'm this, this, uh, I'm, I feel so guilty about what I've done to people thing and get herself out. And then they're going to meet up together and, you know, go on a rampage someplace. And that's the plan. Um, so we don't, we don't get to see Peanut Hamper's hearing. We don't get to actually hear this impassioned speech that she's worked up. But we do get to see uh, Argamus and Boimler. And Boimler just, good on him. You know, this is this is where I feel like he's got, at least got a bit of growth. He's not buying a single bit. Right. Of what, Actually, I liked his attitude. He's like, oh, I've, I'm sm- I've outsmarted you before. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> yes, you're a genius. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're a genius, all right. I yeah. He's got Agamus strapped to the chair or <laughs> in the shuttle. <laughs> And, he and can't Agamus go anywhere being, anyway. Why do you need to strap him down? A- Agamus, you know, is being so polite, he compliments him and get his, getting his promotion, you know, and, and everything. And they, it's just trying to they mentioned the blue up. light one more time. <laughs> yeah. I it, it does feel reassuring, but, uh, you know, yeah. I don't. <laughs> right. Don't you see the blue light? Uh, it's, it's like a Kmart advertisement going on there. Hey. Well, kids, ask your parents about that one. Um <laughs> So this whole uh, bit with uh, Agamus, it seems like they're just playing along, including the whole subjugation of a planet. Oh, yes. Yeah. about that. That's right. When Agamus is going to give it up. Of course, at least Boimler does say, yeah, well, it's like, wow, good job. It would take, it's not like it would take the Federation a whole hour to undo this. <laughs> so apparently there was no deaths or anything like that. It was just kind of. Yeah, they gave up really engineering, yeah, type of thing going on. But uh, Agamus is like pining for Peanut Hamper, and he doesn't want to be doing these. Ah, you know, I've already done the whole subjugation thing. I just want to hang out with you. Yeah, because uh, Tendi is able to find out where Peanut Hamper is, and she's actually working with her dad. And so we get to meet Peanut Hamper's dad, Kevin. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> which, which is yeah, you know, bleep. Yeah, and it was it's kind of a a, a sweet moment, and even um, you get uh, Boimler letting them have that moment together before they they cart him back off to prison, where they get a chance to interact with each other. And oh, you have such a lovely you know uh, station here, uh, yeah. Sir, can I? Is there anything I can help you with? You know, anything need watered or fixing, fixing or anything like that. So he's now turning as well because Peanut Hamper has actually changed her ways. She she doesn't want to do any of that stuff anymore. She she was just agreeing with Agamus because well she they, she wanted to hang out with him and he said well I you know I didn't want to do any of this stuff either. I just want to hang out with you and so they just kind of. I have this friendship, this very special friendship. Well, with the fathers hanging around, it's like, Dad, nothing's happening. Jeez. You know, the next time I end up watching that episode with the exocomps, I'm going to have a hard time not laughing. 
they have totally destroyed that character. <laughs> and by the way, that um, that screenshot you got up there, it, it looks almost like the same room where Jordy was in with the exocomps. It is. And it, it even has, uh, now they're the Tucker tubes. Yeah. Right? We have the name for them now, the Tucker tubes. Yeah. Because it's not three of them. I think there's just two. So it's the Tucker tubes. There's no additional. Um, it's not a Billups tubes. Nope, 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 nope. All right. So that kind of. Wait, that... how did they get to be the Tucker tubes? Oh, I guess that would make sense because they were also on regular one. Mm-hmm. But that would, you know, that would have been, that would have been in, in the future of Tucker. Okay. Just putting my timeline together for that most useless machine in the universe. Right. So things are things are going relatively well for uh, Boimler and Tendi, but not so much for the Cerritos, which is getting the um, but Jesus kicked out of it. Yep. Again, you know, I don't know. Has it been more than once this season? I can't recall because it seems like every episode, every season has to end with the Cerritos being completely destroyed and rebuilt again. But Badgie is now in charge and he knows all the codes to get through all the security defenses. Mm-hmm. He knows all the uh, different patterns of uh, escape attempts. And he's, you know, working faster than that to get those, to, uh, you know, counteracted. And he is just knocking the heck out of the Cerritos. So yeah. Rutherford decides to sacrifice himself by going over uh, to the ship. Uh, Mariner didn't quite get the memo, however. No, she, she latches onto his ankle and goes with him. And, and then, so, okay, what's the plan? There's no plan. I'm going, yeah. <laughs> and then just as they get beamed aboard from space, uh, she uh, she rethinks this idea. Maybe this wasn't such a good idea. And Badgie is on a tear. Badgie, Badgie has moved beyond just wanting revenge against his father. Now he wants revenge against everybody. Yeah. So he's he's just going wild. And Rutherford does the only logical thing. He gives Badgie a hug. <laughs> Which starts to short circuit him. Looks like it's having an effect thinking, after wow, a while. Wrap up. And but it does no. Work for a moment. Yeah. He, he, uh, he starts having this, what it looks like a nervous breakdown or something, but bifurcates himself into Badgie and Goodgie. And it took me a minute to figure out where did that name come from? And then I went good and bad. Got it now. Yeah. And when it's pointed out to him as he's attacking the Cerritos, that it's not logical to do that because he gets no benefit from it. And he kind of relents for a second and then changes his mind again. Now he doesn't want any logic either. So he <laughs> bifurcates again. And now we have logic So badgy is gold. Vulcan, good. That Vulcan look at him yeah the the half open eyes the, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> laissez-faire thing going on badgie is gold goodgie is silver and logic key is bronze if you're keeping track at home mm-hmm. right you need a scorecard to keep track of the badgies at this point yeah um it, but uh logic key was kind of surprised because it, it seems like badgie breaks his back or something and yeah it snaps him in him. half goodgie uh, bad yeah. logic no <laughs> So Gucci is saying we, you know, we should probably get out of here, which is a which is a great idea, but it's it it doesn't work out uh, because Badgie manages to infiltrate subspace, and through subspace, he's able to infiltrate everything. You thought it was bad 
what was happening in uh, Prodigy mm -hmm. or in Picard. No, Badgie is in everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> and he gets, I, I don't know how literally to take this, but he gets so big that he's... He ascends. Ascends from the center of the <laughs> Milky Way. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow, we got bigger problems. That's what I thought. Yeah, like. this, is, this is kind of serious at this point. But in true Star Trek fashion... He has an epiphany. He's like, why am I doing all this? Why am I, what is the meaning behind all of these things? I can exist in the past and the present and the future. I see the beginning, the end. I see that, you know, sentient life, you know, organic and, and uh, digital is, is, is all this playing in the same cosmos. And mm -hmm. he, he decides to just evolve and start his own universe. Yeah. I'm going off to a, a an empty universe. And, Start over. And as the portal in the seedling opens up, there's the koala. There's the koala waiting for him. Yeah. So Badgie is gone, which is a shame because at this point he was actually really, really good, Badgie. Yeah. yeah. He, 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 what it, it was, Mariner said something about you going off to play with Q or something. <laughs> well, he said, he said, oh. yeah, because he said, uh, you know, I might spend some time with Q or visit the Black Mountain. Yeah, you know, which is where the from Starfleet has to go to get regenerated. Uh, so I just hope he doesn't run into like V'ger or something. In this, the the space he's the whale probe. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Now the whale probe is an arc, but we don't know where V'ger evolved to to another. Oh another, right, right, right. To another galaxy or something. Maybe he'll run into Will Wheaton as the traveler. Maybe, maybe so. Now the part we're kind of left with ambiguous at the end of this um, before we get to a, a reveal is uh, Rutherford <laughs> decides to bring Gucci yeah. back to the Cerritos, which no one else seems to know until suddenly when using the grappler, and I'm sure you all got the throwaway line because they're arguing about their grappler and Rutherford says, ah, oh, this is, the grappler is stupid. Yeah. And it's Boimler and uh, Mariner who say, no, no, grapplers are cool, which is a direct callback to them having that conversation in the crossover episode where, uh, you know, Noonien Singh also says, no, no, I, you know, grapplers are totally cool. See, see, vindicated. So that yeah. was a definite shout out <clears throat> to that episode. Nice. Um, so Badgie's all smiley until he has to hook himself into something and he gets that look. He gets, he gets shocked or something. <laughs> Yeah. And it lasts for a couple of seconds. His his uh, progress bar fills all the way up, and then he goes, "I'm Gucci." Yeah. Everyone else wants to leave the room. Yes. Immediately. As well, they should. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but poor poor Boimler can't leave because he's been grappled to the wall. Now, the piece of information that we get, you know, last time around we got the kind of this negotiating with this mysterious ship that's been doing stuff, but we get a, a big chunk of it here because it turns out that Agamus was not kidding that one of his um, drones, remotes, yeah, it, it, drones did get information and found out that the ship is not destroying all these ships. It's taking them away and leaving this false debris in their place. So these ships are disappearing someplace for some reason and not being destroyed. So I figured it was going to be the crew at least, but it turns out, no, it's the crew and the ship itself are, are yeah. gone. So it's not, it's not badgy. 
because we, we've, we've kind of established that at this point. So we don't know if it's now it leaves out the possibilities that hopefully it's not the Packlands, but um, <laughs> oh no, is it yeah. is it an enemy we've seen before or not at this point? I mean, because we're 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 pretty far into the season. Next week is episode eight. Yeah, so we're three from the end, and we really don't have anything to to guide us as a clue. Uh, as to who might be behind all of this. So it could be a nice surprise. Right. We're like, huh? But you know, there's been no, it's like that detective story where we get no clues and you said, and the killer is, oh, well, I, of course I couldn't see that coming because you didn't feed me anything to take mm-hmm. a guess. It's Worf. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I'm thinking it's Quark. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that could be, I suppose. Uh, so I don't know. Do you, guys have any thoughts now that we know definitely who it is not i know we've, we've gone over this before but we've got some clues now somebody's taking the ships away for some reason we don't know what's for the crew or for the ship or for both um, uh it's not the bird people on that one episode <laughs> yeah it's no <laughs> i was thinking i don't know i'm i was trying to i'm not i haven't been able to justify this in my head but if it was something like, you know, V'ger was, um, you know, cataloging these. Remember the, because they scanned the, the mm-hmm. Klingons in and stuff like that. But I don't think they uh, would have cared about leaving, you know, a false trail behind. No, they didn't before. Right. Yeah, we, we've gotten know. to the just... binars. It's like, who else are they going to claim? <laughs> like, yeah. We're really digging deep on some of these races now. Still holding out that I think, I think that uh, Talin's, you know, uh, the ship that she was on before is going to be attacked. Now they may have enough information at that point to figure out a way to not get abducted. I don't know. Cause now we're getting that. Oh, we know a bit more and a bit more and a bit more about what's going on here. But uh, I still think that's going to happen at some yeah. point. All right. It's time to rate this one. So we're going to begin with you, Craig. What? One oh, we didn't badges. Yeah, I wanted to, yeah, we need more bad. <laughs> no. And hopefully I'm I'm I didn't even put this in the notes, but hopefully people realize that the episode title of this one was kind of a call out to a fistful of datas, which was a fistful of yeah. dollars for a few dollars more, and now a few badgies more. Yeah. So, uh, wow. Definitely. All right. Well, I'm gonna give this one uh eight and a half badgies. Mm. I thought I thought it was hilarious i enjoyed it and especially when you know the things like little stupid things like you meant they you know they were doing their recreation time and all the robots are just sitting around the equipment <laughs> things like that uh badgie was entertaining especially when he went to ascend i don't know i i i'll say eight and a half okay yeah it's it's hard to make think of badgie as 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 you know uh a character that's redeemable. And so I'm going to give this one definitely, uh, I'm going to, I think I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with a nine on this one because to me, the key thing here was you could leave a lot of loose ends for later, but they managed to, I think pretty well. I, I don't think, I don't feel so much for peanut hamper because you don't get to see her, uh, or a speech before the uh, the parole board, I guess it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like for for Agamus, 
And for Badgy, you get definitely a catharsis, uh, a reason for this change of heart that happens. And it's something I really wasn't expecting. You know, you just could have these being recurring villains again and again and again. But they said, no, we're just going to call it at this point and you know we're going to wrap up their stories um except unless Gucci, you know hangs around which i i don't know i i get a feeling that we may see Gucci again at at some point in the future but i don't think it's going to be that same kind of badgy level of recurrence for that character okay um so i i feel like it was a really good way to wrap up Three villains in the same episode. Was Agamus reformed though? Because they took him away and locked him up again. Well, because he had subjugated a planet. He'd kind of like kind oh, of okay. I mean, he'd escaped. He wasn't, explain- he wasn't he wasn't done serving his time. Ah. Uh, so he had to but, go back. Oh, and Peanut time. Hamper was because she was let out for good behavior or parole right. or whatever it was. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering why did he get relocked up and she didn't? Okay. And when, so, we, getting back to the fistful of data's thing. Data mm-hmm. is already a plural word. <laughs> oh, I take umbrage with that Don't title. <laughs> yeah, but data, data himself is not a plural. <laughs> then why didn't they call him datum? <laughs> Again, we're here all week. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, we'll be if this keeps up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at the time! My goodness, yeah. let's wrap this oh, up. My yeah. goodness, look at the time. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> I'm going to give this one an eight. I thought it had a lot of humorous moments. I, I, I thought it sort of, you know, it felt clunky in spots. I, I, I just thought the whole badgy thing, I, it just, it, the storyline didn't feel quite right to me. I can't put my thumb on it, but there was something off. Hmm. So I give yeah, it an eight. Well, all right. Uh, we got some messages in here. Um, uh, Oh, wants to believe uh, Aaron uh, Walke was in the chat at one point, or yeah, so that was. Um, and then we, uh, yes. So, listener Diane says, says, "Can it be mud for the?" I was thinking about in the ship hmm. mud, but the the problem is that he it, would have to still be alive at this point. Have to be ancient. Yeah, uh, although. The other collector that comes to mind is Kivas Fasho, the guy who collected data. But I think he was destroyed at the end, was he not? I think so. He was played by Saul Rubinek. Well, he was right. He was gone because wasn't when they went on a collector's ship. Didn't have something to do with his ship. Like they were uh, cataloging his ship. I yeah, could be wrong about that, but something. Hmm. So it could be another collector. Who else was a collector in Star Trek lore? Not lore. <laughs> yeah. Well, he kind of <laughs> collected things. And it could be, well, <laughs> I guess at this point it could st- it could still be lore at this point, right? Because hey, lore lore was a collector. He collected some Borg. He collected uh, could be oh, a lore. could be a rogue he Borg. Data. He collected data. Yeah. yeah. We also have another follow-up from listener Diane. Uh, she went and checked, and the toupee went for thirteen thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, we exactly, can Eric. You said it. <laughs> he thinks the wig is funny. I do too, actually. So, 
Ah, good stuff. Good stuff. Why would they do right. that? Why wouldn't they just style his hair? Unless his bangs were wrong or something. Oh, I don't think it's about styling his hair. I think it's having the hair to style. <sighs> I think that was the issue. Uh, but are we, were we really still worried about that? <laughs> it's just that this this debate goes on forever. He's like, well, nope, no more debating for this. Nope, nope. Yeah, all done. Mm-hmm. All done. Ask the person who spent $13,750 and has a certificate of authenticity to go with it. Yeah. Of course, so did that person who probably had that visor from uh, Data's visor. And Prince Price said, oh, no, I have it. It's at home. That's not it. So <laughs> I'd, I'd walk up to him and go, that's the skinniest triple I've ever seen. <laughs> well, it's really weird because the same auction had one of the walking tribbles from the TOS episode. And it was a blonde color. So as you're going through the catalog, it looks like you see either the toupee twice <laughs> or the triple twice <laughs> a couple of screens away from each other. Funny, funny story. They were the same. Indeed. True story. We, we true had to story. shave a triple to get the wig. <laughs> All right. Enough of that silliness. On to different silliness. Uh, we're about time to refill the dilithium chamber and to warp on out of here. We'd like to thank people for uh, watching and uh, for you. If you're not getting a chance to watch us do the show live, then thank you for listening to us or watching us on YouTube or wherever the feed is uh, available as a video uh, from there as well. But who speaks for you guys this week? You are, Chuck. All right. You You can find Craig and me over at Technorama Podcast. Just do a Google search for Technorama Podcast and you will find us at ChuckChat.com. We do our show on Sunday nights, you can join us live on live stream, just like this one, YouTube and Facebook. Very similar because we're using the same account. <laughs> right. <laughs> Funny yep. how that works. We cover a lot of nerdy news and fun stories, just not so specific to Star Trek. We try to avoid that so we can save that material for this show. That's right. Whenever Save it for the show is our mantra. Save it for the show. Uh, And you can find me, Clinton, at Comedy Forecast, all one word, with the number four, dot com. Uh, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram and Blue Sky and uh, every place, just just every place. Uh, I'm currently coming towards the end of my big story for 2023, Big Shot. Uh, Might be delayed by a day or two because uh, doing the show notes for the topic is track took longer than I anticipated. But... uh, we will get the episode, next episode up as quickly as possible. Um, being a fun time. And I think uh, hopefully people are enjoying the show. We've had some revelations in the most recent episode. So, yes, catch up. Oh, no. Spoiler alert. I ain't listened to the last whoop, one yet. Whoop. All right. Here. Whoop, uh, whoop, whoop. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I didn't say what they were. I just said they were things. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. But now it's time to hit the theme, boys. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend about it and subscribe so you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us on the site formerly known as Twitter at The Topic is Trek. Visit our Facebook page or visit thetopicistrek.com for the show notes. Until next time, on behalf of Chuck Craig and myself, I'm Clinton, thanking you for listening. And as we always say here on The Topic is Trek, don't don't put on on the the red red shirt. shirt. Nothing but bad news. Put on badges. Hi, I'm Red Shirty. <laughs> Red Shirty.